0: Hey guys, this is Mallory Rubin, deputy editor of TheRinger.com. I wanted to tell you about a new podcast feed, Ringer University, where Ben Glicksman and I will be hosting a Tuesday college football show and Chris Vernon, the newest member of the Ringer family, will be hosting a Friday gambling preview. We're going to recap the biggest action, preview the most compelling games to come, and talk about all things college football. Make sure to subscribe now to Ringer University on iTunes or wherever else you get podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: I need supports to have to clear the room.
0: Stand up and walk, now. Hello, and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an editor at TheRigger.com, and joining me in the studio with a lovely, sweet Riesling, it's Andy Greenwald! How did you know
1: that, that would be the number one thing I want to talk about in this week's Atlanta?
0: Andy, welcome to uh, The Watch Reup. up a casual, uh, yeah. not quite 90-minute conversation. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. We're talking about Atlanta this week, as usual. We're also going to talk a little bit about Netflix's Luke Cage series. That's called. That's Marvel's Luke Cage. Do well, you? it's Netflix's Marvel's Luke Cage. A lot of apostrophes. Yeah. Um, but first, let's get into uh, a little bit of Atlanta, just because every week just keeps getting good, better and better. I, I want to start actually. I have a lot to say about this episode of, Atl-
1: of Atlanta. You brought up something that I was going to bring up in a different way, which is... The Riesling? I w- yes, the Riesling. I would like to offer my services to Hollywood. You know, I'm here. I'm here now. I'm available. As a, just sort of a... Are
0: you going to be the fucking Hollywood sommelier?
1: I would like to be the freelance food and drink consultant. <laughs> just to be the guy Do on you set. Get, so what's your rate? Right, well, look, before we get into that, here's let me explain my job to you and what I can offer you.
0: Okay, because it's not in the title.
1: What I want to say... No, it's not clear. <laughs> what I want to say is... I want to be the guy who's just like on set Mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, first of all, making TV is tough business. There's a lot of demands on the showrunner, a lot of being pulled in a hundred different directions at once. So maybe, and Luke Cage comes into this too. So maybe, you know, you're Cheo Coker who who created the Luke Cage series. You're showrunning it. You're writing the episodes. You're managing your room. You're trying to get the tone right. You're doing so many things. And so when you're introducing the character of Misty Knight, key character. Terrific actress. This this happens in the pilot. Good horse player, too. Pretty good outside (laughs) shot. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you just need a guy on set like me who's like, I don't think she'd drink Cosmos. Like, I don't think she'd drink Cosmos. I don't think that... What's her drinking choice?
0: What do you think she drinks?
1: I think in that scene where she's flirting, Mm -hmm. I think she needs to drink something a little... Classier Vaca think, soda sl- splashed pineapple the, ju- <laughs> the Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think she needs to drink like a like a Gibson. You know what I mean? Like a, like a marti- one of the martinis that has like an onion in it or something like something a little bit classy, a little bit old school. Do you maybe like a, those? What's the one with gin? Uh, the Aviator G- cocktail. Gin, the old uh, gin and tonic. That's a good one. You ever hear of that one?
0: <laughs> I'm really good at I this job. How do you that? What's an Aviator? I guess,
1: is that the one with gin and uh, with a little bit more gin? Just just put around the rim. No, it's a gin-based cocktail. It's good, I'm sure. I don't clearly drink (laughs) it. That's how the British (laughs) started the empire right there. Look, here's here's what I'm saying. Um, Did I ever tell you, remember that, that anecdote about one of my fa- my favorite writer, Ross Thomas, and you know a writer you like as well. When he went on one of his like epic I'm a writer Gin in the '70s runs? binges, <laughs> and uh, he like apparently he like took two people to like Windows on the World in like 1979, and he he, he sat down and the and the waiter came by and he's like, we would eat, we would like, uh, we'd each like two double martinis with a cocktail onion, <laughs> and they were like, okay, like will sir be eating as well? And he paused, looked at the waiter, and said, I ordered the onions. <laughs> we need more characters like that in the world but maybe on this podcast my point being this job I think is really set up for me just to help like maybe this person's ordering something different they they communicate something different this actually worked in this episode of Atlanta to bring it full circle because first of all sweet Riesling fucking gross but second that's who Jade was you notice Van is like I'll just take a Chardonnay yeah yeah she wanted I assume a, a she didn't buttery... No, yeah. not my van. Listen, <laughs> van wanted more of like a Chablis style okay. Chardonnay, like a steely, you know, maybe a little oh, more a little of bit minerally, of literally bite, yeah. Maybe a little, some tropical fruit in the nose, but, you know, but a, a rounder finish. Mm-hmm. Not the sweet Riesling, but that's what Jade would want. And Atlanta is the type of show... I'm going to land this plane. Atlanta is the type of show that does pay attention to these details because yeah. these details you stack them together they add up to real characters even if we never see these characters again
0: so it's it's great because I didn't know what this episode was going to be about I didn't read any anything about it before I watched it and uh, you know you just you know immediately with, as, it, it's 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 a testament to how willing the show is to break the rules conventional rules of television that when uh, you can see it breaking the rules you're like oh you guys are just going to do a van episode this is incredible This is great uh, she had largely been... A, uh, Allison Davis wrote a, a cool piece about it for yes. The Ringer. But she had largely been Ern's conscience for the first few days. She was the character there to be like, what are you doing, Earn? The usual uh, sitcom wife, almost. You know, and yeah. even if they're not married on the show. And the fact that they were like, mid-season, uh, we're just going to take a break from whatever plot lines we sort of started in the first mm-hmm. three. I think they've largely kind of just gone on this sort of walkabout, narratively, uh, for the last three episodes. But they're just like, this is the, we're way more interested in the world, Mm -hmm. we're more interested in this like tapestry of characters, and we're more interested about the propriety of using chopsticks at Thai restaurants.
1: Which, by the way, as your food and drink advisor, I can tell you that the Thai, Jade was correct, Thai people generally with a fork and spoon, but noodle dishes are
0: consumed with chopsticks. So. (laughs) Her Pad Thai with chopsticks. Fan was right again. Yes.
1: Uh, this show continues to delight and surprise. It's it's absolutely outstanding, and it's just another sign of how canny they were about the world they were building. They didn't... Nothing was... There were no half steps. Mm-hmm. There were no, um, no placeholders in terms of characters or um, plot points. Everything is part of a larger whole, even if we don't know or, frankly, even care what that whole is. It's yeah. a world that's being built around us. Um, they also know that they have... A, fa- a fantastic actress in Zazie Beats, who also is my favorite name of anyone on television. <laughs> and she owned the entire episode in a way that was expanding on a person that we'd only slightly met before, yeah. but also f- fully in tune with a person we'd only caught glimpses of. It just painted in the rest of the picture a little bit. Um, the thing that was so great about this, and I think a bunch of other people had discussions online stemming from this episode as well, saying Oh, this this you know got me thinking about other shows that I like and how much I wish they could just spend an episode on a supporting character mm-hmm. uh, and whether that the episode or the show could sustain that, whether the character or the show could sustain that it is another reminder why the half hour really is a yeah If you think about a show like Breaking Bad, um, and you mentioned the sort of traditional sitcom wife I mean I, I hold up Skylar White as the the traditional prestige drama yeah, wife at right, this point. Right. Um, in You know, that character and the actress Anna Gunn got a ton of criticism, much of which was really unwarranted and, and frankly bordering on sex as saying, you know... For, she's for the, the worst. She's the worst, basically. Um, the show was designed in many ways... I mean, she walked into a trap in many ways because the show was designed to be about Walter White's experience, and though he was the villain of his story... Um, there's no way that, I mean, part of the fun of the show and the, the cruel trick of the show was to have you rooting for the villain until you realize he's a monster and you're already down the rabbit hole with him. And yeah. that, you know, she was much more heroic than he was in many ways. Um, but also, you couldn't have done, an, not just because of the nature of Breaking Bad, it wasn't just the nature of Breaking Bad that, that meant you couldn't do an episode about Skyler, the nature being just focused almost, you know, uh, scientifically on Walter's decline. I don't know if you could do an hour. I don't know if you could have taken the hour to follow her throughout her day, yeah. It would have been an interesting experiment for them to try, and it maybe would have resulted in a really remarkable episode of television. But once again, if you if you have a half hour, you can do that.
0: I think there's also just... Um, that show's called Breaking Bad, and it's about a guy with cancer, and it has to be about that. Once you set those kinds of t- stakes, you can't really walk away from them. But Paperboy's rap career doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters, yeah. but it's not... There's not going to be a cliffhanger, really, at the end of this season that, you know, you're like, I have to know whether or not Paperboy, you know... Is he going to sign with Richie Finestra? Did did a Zane Lowe interview or something like that. His, and that's the brilliant part about this sh- show is that uh, they've set up over the course of three episodes kind of why Earn and these people are all brought together... And they just use that as the foundation, and now they're kind of just going in all these different directions. I, and you and and the, the it could have been an hour if they if if that yeah. was how long the show was, you could have done an hour of Van. And I think you would have just been like, okay, sure. Uh, I
1: love the little details. Like I love that she calls him Alfred. I love yeah. their phone interactions. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry is my favorite actor on television at the moment. Everything he does is hilarious to me. How do you it's feel about the so diaper scene? Amazing. Yeah, you know, that was a tougher watch. <laughs> Not as tough as... I mean, there's some things that are... I mean, we're talking about Atlanta, like it's this magical unicorn, which it is. But there's some things that are still TV. And so when she brought the condom filled with her daughter's urine... Chekhov's
0: condom was going to explode. Yeah, I was yeah. like,
1: I, that was a moment when I had to pull the oil. I'm just going to put this on mute for a second. Because I know that she's going to get a, a face full of baby urine soon. And I kind of don't want to see it. I mean, yeah. I want to see it, but I want to like... Yeah. A little stressful, you know? But... um. You know, they, 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 they did that pretty well. They set that up. You know, she looked down at the telltale blue bag. I mean, look, who hasn't been carrying one of them blue sure. bags? And thought about it, at least. Just at least thought about it. Um, I I love the show Forever because the idea of the k- creepy kid in white face, <laughs> that's just an idea, right? Like, right? like, like what if you took a picture of a dog to a shooting range? When you have, like, a, a vibrant writer's room of smart Funny people those are the ideas that are going to bubble up. Someone might yeah. just say that in passing. The smart shows and the to be to give them credit, the smart network executives are going to encourage those ideas when they bubble up and not shrug or wonder why because it's very easy I think when you're making a show um, and under the, I was joking before, but I'm serious now like the pressures of delivering content mm-hmm. um, to allow a pattern to establish itself that will make the job easier. And if the pattern is established early that you should second-guess your weirdest ideas, then that's just going to be baked into the making of the show going forward, and clearly those weirdest ideas are being allowed to flourish. Right.
0: Let me ask you this. Does it matter to you at all that for the mo- th- this show is actually after five episodes or six episodes now? Six. It, it, it's... Storytelling devices, his storytelling style is way closer to, um, I, I don't know, just, just shoot me or cheers or something than it is, um, I guess, Breaking Bad, you know, that that storylines are not necessarily being carried over from episode to episode like nothing that nothing that happened with the white guy at the radio station has really Im- impacted anything now.
1: You mean well, it, it's impacted our understanding of the show and the world not, yes, there, not their Not
0: their Not the like and then journeys. this happened and then this happened. That I, It doesn't bother me at all I'm just trying to think of like something Relatively, like hmm, you, about
1: no, you're you're the dude who's like, where's the Russian in the Pine Barrens? Exactly. Like you never yeah. enjoyed a moment of Sopranos yeah. after that. Well,
0: you know what though, but 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 some people might be like, what was the significance of the kid in white face? It was just funny.
1: And it was creepy. And yeah. It was just weird. And it was a <laughs> thing that happened in her life that had been had been happening in her life, right? And now we know her a little bit better. We know her life. Um One other note about this episode, but you Warrior don't care. No, oh, no, I don't care. I love it. I love it. But one one other note about this episode. Um, I was I fired it up. was watching it the other day. Uh, was into the first scene, which was a long scene, by the way, like mm-hmm. really, really long uh, two person scene in the restaurant. Um, and I sent you I sent you a message, and the question was, does your wife watch Atlanta with you? Yeah. And you said she does. Mine mine hasn't had the pleasure yet. And I She's and not. I said, <laughs> and I said, I think she would like it, but she just hasn't watched it yet. And I.
0: Has she ever walked in while you were watching it and asked what it is? And I like slammed the laptop down. because <laughs> no, like, you been know caught. what I mean. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. She,
1: she's she's relatively uninterested in what I look at on the computer. But uh, I I asked if she watched it because <laughs>
0: just like, the idea of you being like check out this cool thing I'm looking at on my computer. No, she walked in
1: and she's like, is is that sweet riesling? <laughs> she got she's offended. Um, and I, and I asked you if she watched it with you because I had a question which was.
0: Women talk to each other like that. Like, so, what did you mean that... by that? Do you mean like the negging and stuff?
1: It was brutal. Like I've never let me let me. I haven't seen like 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 the Real Housewives program. Yeah. I haven't seen a Kardashian program. I don't know if this is like.
0: I think it was closer to real life than it was reality TV.
1: I'm just saying the the Jade Van scene. I mean, it, it laid out the relationship. It communicated who they were. I mean, it was a, a good scene. To me, the most effective moment of the scene where the subtler burns well like, like think the about it like thing. this also, if you
0: and i had never done anything together professionally right or yeah. even known each other for all these years but if we're we, complete strangers if we know, if we stopped like being like day-to-day friends in college but we knew each other yeah. every once in a while and then i came in so you you dipped into town one day and you were like sure. I'm visiting because i'm on the set of uh <laughs> tell, tell me what you're doing here. I'm, I'm on the set of Batman as the food and drink consultant. Okay, yeah. And I was just mean, like, oh. I'm sorry, just, you mean the Batman? The Batman. And I was just movie? like, that's cool. Um, you know, I I work at, this, at Dunkin' Donuts or something like that. And I was just like, or I'm a teacher, you know? Mm-hmm. Te- molding your minds. Mm-hmm. We would probably have the same sort of like edgy kind of like would we though like would we we be like (laughs) well you're great because you're a fucking food and drink consultant that's true i mean i'm here like i would have been like you sure you want that snakefish salad here's the thing is i actually don't hold that against you because i do think that i have my own second career being mapped out for me which is basketball consultant
1: oh that's a thing where i
0: just walk around the set dressed like brad stevens and say (laughs) you just gotta you, you gotta you gotta help on that. What that, if you just walk, what if you just
1: paraded around television and film sets with a referee whistle around your neck?
0: No, no, not even with basketball. No, like I was just on, on the set of Allied with Marion Cotillard and Brad like, Pitt. Stand it too close.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you gotta try the
0: zone. Yeah, I,
1: I I just thought that was that was real savage, you know. And then they were yeah. then they then they were friends. The best, but for me, the, like the best part of that scene, the thing that made that entire scene worth it was the the awkward pause after they've just torn into each other with like like you know shriek like fury of like like when birds fight like yeah. like with talons and then the silence is broken by her lifting her phone to take an instagram pic of her food that was
0: kind of adorable yeah. i thought, like she was so humble like she was so like i have to do it it was great it's a great show Hey guys, just want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor today, and it's Joyable. Do you ever avoid parties or not speak up at a meeting and then regret it later? Did you know 30 million Americans will suffer from social anxiety in their lifetime? I think most of us do. I mean, it's just a common thing that happens when you're in big groups of people, and you're forced to do public speaking, even just in normal everyday life, being among people in restaurants. I think everybody could use something like Joyable. Joyable is an online program that's helped thousands of clients overcome social anxiety. Joyable uses cognitive behavioral therapy, the leading treatment for social anxiety, according to all major authorities. You get paired with a coach who is your partner through the program, and they help tailor the program to your specific needs and keep you motivated and on track. It's available anywhere at any time, and you can access it from the comfort and privacy of your home. You may have actually seen special agent Dom DiPiero use this in Mr. Robot this season. Uh, 93% of Joyable clients see a decline in their social anxiety after completing the 12-week online program. And as a special offer to watch listeners, the program is $25 a week after a free seven-day trial. So about as much as you can spend on coffee or takeout or a night at the bar, and it's only 11% the average cost of therapy. But for our listeners, there's a special offer. If you go to joyable.com slash the watch, you'll get an additional week completely free. That's joyable.com slash the watch. Um, let's talk about Luke Cage. Yeah. Uh, another show with basketball in it. Yes. I got a lot of comments about this. Um, I do feel like that there is an epidemic in television right now with soft interior defense. I don't know that I've spent enough time in pickup games in Los Angeles or New York in the last couple of years. But if that's the state of interior defense, if people are just letting other people. Also, to, to start a series like celebrating yeah. the big men tough guys of the oh, new york the, of pat riley's new york knicks the goon era yeah of the, the knicks. goon squad of the pat riley knicks and then to represent new york basketball mm-hmm. as this everybody gets a clear runway to the hoop yeah it's just tough it's tough and i don't think that pat riley would appreciate it i don't mm. think bernard king would appreciate it mm. i don't think pat ewing would appreciate John Starks it would appreciate i don't it. think i just it's a disgrace
1: you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about this. As, as noted, TV critic Fat Joe once said, he, "He didn't want. I don't want to speak about the Rucker." <laughs> they talk about the Rucker a lot in Luke Cage. They do talk about the Rucker a lot. Do I, we need to set Luke Cage up? We do. I, what's interesting is, like in in year four, year five of our podcast, we solely talk about television through the prisms that interest us. <laughs> sweet Riesling and basketball. Just
0: stop l- putting basketball in shows, stop, and I'll stop. Stop talking stop about it. Stop putting sweet wine on shows. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Come yeah. on. You don't, don't need to drink juice, you're an adult. Um, That's your thing with natural wines, too, right? Oh,
1: no, don't get me started on natural wine.
0: Because you think natural wine tastes like adult juice.
1: No, I think it tastes like like, like battery acid tea. (laughs) I'm just like, when people are like, oh, these people have been making wines for centuries... But they've been fiddling with the wine. The preservatives thing. (laughs) We're just going to let the grapes be what they want to be. I'm like, they want to be like decomposing grapes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's cool. But these people who know how to make wine, like, I'm going to trust them on that. We sound
0: like just, we're so ready to talk Luke Cage. Re-up.
1: I like Luke Cage a lot and I will set it up. So uh, Luke Cage is part of the quartet of Marvel shows that are on Netflix All of which are "quote unquote" more uh, street level heroes, not not the Avengers. A little more grown up,
0: set in a fictional, slightly fictionalized New York City.
1: I mean, as far as I know, that's reality. I've been away for but it's a New
0: York that it it pays some uh, lip service to the idea that there was a huge. What was like the alien invasion what happens is that Ultron or is that the
1: first wasn't, one wasn't that the the tight end on the Packers during the far years <laughs> Mark Chimura <Is laughs> and,
0: it? but it's like that's when we're Iron Man flies up into space and then yeah and blacks out and then he's got PTSD right yeah okay uh, so that happens and that, that sort of happens off screen but we have Daredevil Jessica Jones and now Luke Cage right, and, and Iron Fist is, Iron is the fourth is coming and, and then, then they're
1: going to do a series uniting them all as the defenders right uh, at some point and so Luke Cage, played by Mike Coulter, was introduced, and Jessica Jones uh, was a supporting character. Late of the that Good show.
0: Wife. Excellent. Ron the Good Wife. Yeah, you've always been repping him for that. Yeah.
1: Um, and then this is his his own series. The character is a really interesting one. The character was created in the 70s. Um, Heroes for Hire were Power Man and Iron Fist. Luke Cage's lame nickname, which which is handled really well on the show, is was Power Man. Um, sort of, it was a way to, for Marvel to capitalize on two trends in '70s filmmaking and storytelling: black exploitation and kung fu. Mm-hmm. Um, being Marvel, they couldn't help but turn them into some pretty interesting characters and do some interesting social commentary through the characters. It was, it was actually the the, introdu- the introduction of Luke Cage in Jessica Jones was apt because it was the comic book writer Brian Michael Bendis who kind of. Who always loved Luke Cage as a character, and he basically had been on the sidelines of Marvel for two decades. And then when he created Jessica Jones in a series called Alias, he brought Luke Cage in, and then brought him into the mainstream of the Marvel okay. universe again, okay. where he's a hugely important figure in in the Marvel in universe. the Marvel universe, okay. member of the Avengers, and on and off. And does blah, he blah. go
0: back in time and kill young Magneto?
1: I, I, if I <laughs> said the problem here is if I said yes, you would start buying comic books again because you really are only interested in mutant based time travel storylines that has been established. Um, He's not a mutant? No. Luke, no, just bulletproof. First of all, little inside baseball fact, Marvel can't use any of its mutant characters because Fox owns the rights to all of them. Does
0: Fox own so Fox owns the right to that idea of being a mutant?
1: Yeah, which is which is one reason why uh, Marvel as a complete company, but especially in its publishing arm, has completely um, de-emphasized the X-Men and basically spun them off into their own little pocket world, and they've created oh. this idea of Inhumans, which is was, all, was an idea that's 50 years old, but they made it a thing that can happen to you, like mutation, gotcha. and they're only interested in that.
0: Mutation. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's
1: essentially that. But it does lead to some funny things where Scarlet Witch and and uh, Quicksilver were mutants who were members of the Avengers, mm-hmm. and then Fox and uh, Marvel both felt that they owned them, so that's why we have yeah, that's, two Quicksilvers. That's
0: definitely what people have been will People been stay up at night wondering about yeah.
1: that. All right. Um, should I remove the nerd cap, or is it no? This is a
0: free-flowing conversation.
1: Yes. Well,
0: much like uh, the offense played in the play-round <laughs> basketball games of New York City.
1: Here, here's the thing about Luke Cage, and we we should have said this right at the top. Like, we're not going to spoil much. We've only watched a couple episodes, and we will revisit it. Um, I think this show is pretty fascinating. I think it's pretty entertaining, but I also think it's pretty fascinating. Uh, the guy who adapted, I mentioned him early on, maligning his choice in adult beverages. Uh, Cheo Hadari Coker comes from our world, man. Former
0: former music scribe.
1: He wrote about music for Vibe. Um, He went kind of screenwriting he's worked on uh, Southland Ray Donovan he wrote the screenplay for the Biggie movie Notorious yes Um, Biggie
0: looms over this show
1: it's an some of the most amazing imagery on the show is uh, the, the villainous character of Codmouth in his office with that iconic photo of Biggie with the crown askew yeah it's really amazing framing in those shots um You read interviews with him, and there's a great interview with Jelani Cobb and thenewyorker.com that I recommend people read. And you realize the enormity of the responsibility of this show, or at least that's how Cheo Coker took it. Basically saying that as a writer, and particularly as a writer of color in the world who had interest in all kinds of pop culture stories, including comic books, the idea of being handed a franchise or being able to have a seat at the table— was until very recently almost impossible to imagine
0: right he was he talks about how he had asked to be part of you know get get superhero work and then be like you know you don't really have the background for that
1: and then he also talks about his own um background basically living in two worlds he talked about his african-american grandfather who was a tuskegee airman uh who is a great anecdote in this piece about how his grandfather like drove a porsche that he like shipped personally from germany because he bought it
0: wholesale yeah
1: and uh like was cooking out of the craig claiborne cookbooks and then he also had family members who were in much more extreme situations of poverty in new haven but he
0: grew up in stores for the most part and described himself as the black kid from stranger things
1: yeah yeah and so this and then found a different kind of refuge in blackness in music at the time in hip hop mm-hmm. music, and so. One thing that you get out of Luke Cage is that this show is extreme—it's a superhero show, but it is extremely considered in terms of being an African-American superhero show. And the type of representation it's trying to give to actors of color, um, darker-skinned actors, lighter-skinned actors, female actors, male actors, young, old, and trying to—not trying to make a hierarchy of black experience, but to represent a panoply of black Mm experience— and have a superhero show in the Marvel Universe. If the show struggles at all, in my mind, it's because you can feel the weight of that at times as characters are verbally articulating their place in this world and what it means in terms of a larger cultural universe. Yes. Um, There are times when that feels heavy and there are times when it feels kind of revelatory. And I'm finding the experience of watching the show go from one extreme to the other as it finds itself very entertaining and very, very intriguing.
0: Um, so I, I am, I'm of like many different minds about this show. If you told me that there was a gritty superhero show set in Harlem with the, uh, episode titles named after gang star songs, songs, yes. I definitely need to be down with that. Like I just, that's my thing. But I think that it, this speaks to my larger problem with the Netflix Marvel universe that happens in, in this sort of, in this sort of semi fictional New York city is that I just don't like gritty when it's not gritty enough. Yeah. I, and I do feel like it's kind of slow-pitch gritty. And I know that that's not necessarily for me. And I know that they can't make Luke Cage feel like Gamora. And it shouldn't. You know, it, it shouldn't. That's not really a service to the to the character. And uh, it's really, like, a weird thing to be, like, it needs to be more violent and more, like, m- more intense. And yet I feel like there is a, a film over all of these shows. Over yeah. Luke Cage and over Jessica I- Jones and over Daredevil. And... I think it it stops me from enjoying it. The the issue, I guess, that a lot of other people are talking about is whether or not Luke Cage is essentially a conservative capital C character.
1: Right. I think the thing to me that's, that's worth remembering throughout is Luke Cage is a superhero. And he, that is who he is. Mm-hmm. And Mike Coulter looks like a superhero. I mean, it, it, both in his performance, in his physical presence, and the way they shoot him in relation to the other characters, he does not look like anyone else physically. Right. Um, just having a superhero be a six-foot-tall-plus black man is still kind of revelatory Absolutely. in our experience. Yeah. Also, you know, and other people have commented on this as well, having in our culture, having a superhero be a six foot tall black man who is bulletproof wearing a hoodie is extremely powerful and interesting. So to place him in this in the continuum of of, I also would like a a darker, grittier crime show, you know, and there are moments when you feel that like the Cheo Coker does, too. You know, there's. There's a great conversation that begins episode two where he just... It's literally... I don't even know if it's a conversation. He's just literally naming crime writers that he likes yes. and that we like, too. He says, you know, Well, he Chester says in the Himes interview in a really cool Pelicanos.
0: way. Here's the, it's, this is funny that you bring this up. So the episode two, this isn't spoiling anything, uh, in much the same way episode one opens in a barbershop with a bunch of guys talking about their favorite Knicks and who's the right Knicks coach for the... Over the past season... Few seasons. Um... They talk. They're talking about uh, crime writers. And, you know, mm-hmm. talking about Walter Mosley and Chester Himes uh, and Donald Goines and Coker. In that New Yorker interview, said, "I just remember." Um, yeah. get, getting into stuff through comic books, getting into when they would have a literary illusion Maybe in a seek, comic they book. they
1: sneaky smart.
0: I would go seek out that book and it would just opened up a world to me. And I had the same experience. I think we've often talked about you'd read an old issue of Spin in the 90s and there would be a reference to mm-hmm. another record in a record review and you'd be like, I guess I have to go listen to mm-hmm. Zen Arcade. Um, that's really cool. That's so anachronistic though. You know what I mean? Like that idea of that. The, yeah. it, it, what I'm saying is that. I think part of the issue that some younger people that I I've, I know have had with this show is that it feels very backspin radio, like serious backspin radio. Yes. And that it is very prescriptive and finger-waving about anybody who's younger than the characters on the show. Now, that being said... We've talked a lot about representation on TV recently and I think it's cool that people like middle-aged people are represented. <laughs> I think it's really cool that yeah. people who have a completely different experience than millennials and and everything like have like a voice and a viewpoint expressed. And I do think that it's easy to confuse the views quote unquote of Characters on a show with the worldview of the people who made the show I, I don't and I think that that's irresponsible necess- like to be like well Chio Coker thinks this because I think you read that interview in the New Yorker And he's like I'm presenting a couple of different viewpoints
1: Yeah, I think and I think that's also why I'm enjoying the show which which it's not that it's at war with itself But that it's express it's trying to express a lot. Yeah, and it's succeeding in expressing a lot of it and um,
0: it's just, a tightrope, man. It's the same thing Jessica pu- Jones did with abuse and, yes. you know, a lot of it, the other things. That it was,
1: it's. These it, are these are imperfect vehicles for passionate subjects. Right.
0: And because it's superheroes, it is the vehicle. It's, it, it's right. the only car on the lot, and you have to figure out a way to, to drive to, it. To fit yeah. into it. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, I think that, if
1: anything, these Marvel shows on Netflix, that they've done well, is that they've created the idea of distinct places that matter to the people who live in them, mm-hmm. so that when you fold super heroics on top of it it feels like there is there are some stakes the idea of the streets in harlem and the neighborhood and the community yes people taking things personally people having a history that's very different than aliens jumping in from the sky or in a fictional eastern european country being ripped out of the ground mm-hmm. um you know in in the the second avengers movie
0: yeah it's, that, it's interesting to think of it in relationship to that because you wonder if it does it how much does this whole thing stand on its own if it's not as an as a counterbalance to the hysteria of the Avenger stuff
1: you mean like why aren't all these people just having PTSD all the time well no
0: if it, if that stuff didn't exist would this would these shows sort of stand on their own
1: oh I mean I, I that's certainly their corporate goal yeah. I, th- I think that they've carved out enough space for themselves I mean they do seem to be insanely popular do Luke, you like the other ones Luke Cage crashed netflix which is pretty impressive when it launched on friday um yeah i like i mean i here's i like daredevil Mm -hmm. i have not watched season two of daredevil that's my level of engagement with it right i i really really liked jessica jones until it sort of petered off in a way that a lot of jessica jones is
0: like three or four episodes too long yeah
1: and i think that people are saying similar things about luke cage i mean i i wish that this works for them but i wish that that these seasons were 8 episodes. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're going to bring these characters together in The Defenders is potentially interesting because they're all good actors and but much like the way that, you know, the Avengers movies are not as good as the more um, focused individual movies, I don't I definitely don't want 12 13 episodes of The Defenders.
0: You know what's funny is That's that a lot. the thing that the avengers movies and and that those movies have going for them is since they make one every whatever 18 to 24 months uh whether it's a captain america or avengers the plot or the the storylines even though they are often slightly overblown and self-serious like you know this is about like the military industrial complex it's like okay captain america um they do make sense to some extent i mean like at least that's a radical take. Well, <laughs> I don't know okay, I, agree. I would say that I understand. Okay, like Ultron stuff is like, like don't worry, like not talking about like Infinity Stones, but I am talking about. Um, I think Captain America plots generally like make are pretty understandable, right? Whereas these TV shows are much closer to the experience of reading comic books week after week, Mm -hmm. whereas, like, a lot of plot in the first two episodes of Luke Cage... Yeah. ...of, like, with shades and Cottonmouth and this and the money that's being taken from a campaign and put into this, and you gotta get it back, but then this guy... And that's like what it's like to read comic books. And I think it's it's when you're when you're watching these shows and you're like, man, this is like another episode where this is happening. Like you're like, oh yeah, that's like how comics it, are.
1: It also you can tell that Cheo Coker is a comic book reader because yeah. in, he's in, as he
0: says every Wednesday a comic book reader.
1: Because two things, like the reinvention of decades old supporting characters from what wasn't anyone's idea of the best era of comic books, like Shades or like Alfred Woodard's character, yeah. is pretty un, pretty ingenious. But then additionally. You know he's playing with continuity in some fun ways. I mean, they, there's a character named Turk who plays a key role in uh, the second episode of of Luke Cage, mm-hmm. who is a character from Daredevil. Yeah, and not even an important one. Right. But it's this little sense of why not use someone that you have on the bench? And that's the kind of world that's building. That's if you're that...
0: going to make the universe, you might as well do it's it. It's fun. Yeah.
1: I think a couple other things to be said. He and and you can feel this goes back to your point about it wanting to to, to skew a little bit darker, but at the same time. The show is very much in keeping. We mentioned one of our favorite writers, George Pelicanos. Um, one of the Pelicanos sort of quirks or tics that we sometimes make fun of, just we love reading his books, but he falls back on, you know, is there's often a character who is whose job it is to deliver the monologue that's just like, he's not a boy, he's a man. Yeah, A man in this world does these things. And, you know, it, 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 it's very easy to sort of make fun of that being a very naked statement yeah. but in the context of the world pelicanos writes about and in the world that luke cage wants to be in those statements can have a different kind of value and so frankie Faison's character on the show he's just great by the way you, you i think you missed the last four years of frankie Faison wearing a hat on banshee it was very good to see him wearing a hat again playing a similar role you know there is a what i mean is those sort of speeches and those sort of um uh those sort of sentiments have a place in th- this fiction, in the same way that a nightclub does with the villain looking down from the window, yeah. or the soul singer. By the way, Raphael Sadiq
0: shows up with the pilot. I know that music is such a huge part of this show. The music's really yeah. good in the show. Yeah, uh, Marshal Sh- Ali is that's amazing. We, that's what we had to uh, say. Alfred Woodard is very good in the show. Marshal
1: Ali, fresh off of being very good as the very ridiculous Remy on House of Cards. Yeah, this dude was waiting for a part like this. Yes. He, just chews it up, owns this show, yeah. and it's really great to see him have fun like this. And also, you kind of feel the same way. I mean, Simone Missick is great as Misty Knight. Alfred Woodard, like an incredibly acclaimed and distinguished and brilliant actor, I think she's having fun. Yeah, you know, why and wouldn't I, you? I think that's kind of a nice thing. It's about not. It too. It's
0: it's it's a good show. I just think that it's. Uh, I I just find that these shows are just stuck right right on the yeah. edge of being. No, I like them, but, but it's I know just like they are stuck right on the edge of like you're going to be like throw a guy off a building, but then like this scene is going to be so vanilla, you know what I mean? Like or or it's like the, I can never tell what the rules of the world are and it, I do find it nagging at me, but this is like literally my thing. Obsession is just like just do PG or do hard R, but just with this PG-13 soft R shit. I it's th- like
1: I think it's I think it's hard, but it's also the place where compromises end up Uh, and you know one thing we know from the public record from anecdotal record we know that marvel runs a tight ship yes and so anytime anything uh creative or heartfelt or whatever bubbles up out of it you know that that had to have been the loudest argument in the room and the one that won and to win those arguments you had to pull back on some other ones yeah and no one you know i would love to talk to Cheo coker about the show i don't i don't know if people know that uh haven't had many Netflix guests on the old AG podcast or on this one. Well, inside baseball. Haven't. Uh, no, I just they've never really made anyone available ever. But so if anyone knows it, who's we'd your love who's to your top to...
0: three? Let's do it right who, now.
1: Who from people from Netflix would yeah, like yeah. to talk to? Yeah. Oh man, Sandos. me on the spot. Well, I'd, yeah, I'd love to talk to someone making decisions. I mean, uh, Arn- Arnett. Arnett's great. Um, who else? Who else do we like on Netflix television shows? Uh, oh master of none guys. Yeah. Um, I would love to talk to them. Um, they just Netflix just did something really interesting by the way. Uh, they hired a woman named Bella Bajaria who is this is this is super inside baseball but I think it's worth noting. Um, she was the head of Universal TV for a long time mm-hmm. and she has you know these amazing relationships with people like like Mindy Kaling, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, all of whom do their shows through through her and she did some like crazy brilliant ninja stuff. You know, getting Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt away from NBC and getting it two seasons plus on Netflix, getting Mindy Project f- from NBC to Fox, to Hulu, and she's incredibly well-respected and has great relationship with talent. She was let go under weird circumstances from Universal, and Netflix just hired her to be the, quote, head of content which is something they are very invested in. And they're also
0: going to start doing unscripted.
1: And I wonder, well, she wouldn't be doing that as much, but I wonder if this will start to change. Because I think people's relationship, even towns' relationship with Netflix has generally been, you know...
0: Cut me the check and get out of here.
1: Well, that's been their attitude all around, which is like they're the ones with the checks and the freedom. But I think, you know, I've talked to people who have shows on Netflix who are like, I don't know if my show's getting renewed. I don't know if anyone watches my show. Right. I'm glad it's being made, but I don't know anything about it. Right. Um, other than the fact that they make it. So that would be interesting to watch. Um, and maybe the first sign of Thaw, we could get Joe Coker in here to talk about this stuff. To just do the all.
0: I want to know what Gangstar song titles were in the running. Yes! That didn't make it.
1: I mean, I want Yeah, I want. to I do the all Gangstar Pelicanos every Wednesday buying comics in stores Connecticut podcast. Oh, also Vibe magazine in the 90s. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm the former director of New Media
0: for Vibe Magazine. I know. You, were, you, were, you really did build hip-hop with, with your bare <laughs> I hands. Did, I did.
1: Brick by brick.
0: Uh, all right. Well, that's as good a place as anybody <laughs> to wrap things up. Uh, Andy. Oh, you know what I want to ask you? Oh. Do you think that Westworld is happening on a different planet?
1: Did Tate try to talk you into this? No,
0: but that is like a thing. Wait, you mean so? There, I didn't know. I, w- I hadn't gotten on the on the forums. Um, she, <laughs> you haven't looked at your stories, but the uh, forums. Apparently, like most, there's a lot of of uh, theories out there, just being like, how does this work at, if this is in America? You know what I mean, like like legally, legally, like real estate wise, like that's a sizable portion of Arizona that like it's shot in Arizona. But if it was in a country like a state, there's a lot of desert out there, isn't sure, there. Sure, but is it like. Like, it works like that?
1: Uh, so you're, the idea being that this is... that our, our, It's a false assumption to assume that this is a future resort in our world.
0: Just that that, that is in play.
1: I think that because it's a J.J. Abrams-Nolan Brothers joint, anything is in play. Yeah. And I'm sure they have an answer to that question, and I'm sure they love that people are asking the question, but I don't think that that's one of the top ten questions.
0: It's going to be dope it. when we find out that this is actually the um, text-based game that um, that they're playing in Mr. Robot. Season two? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would love that. A unified theory of all fictional pursuits on TV. We
0: probably could figure that out. I think we could figure that out. need some easily. more sweet reasoning. All gonna, right.
1: Are we going to go back to Westworld on Monday? Westworld
0: Monday, a couple other things. We
1: should check. We got it. I'm just. Insecure.
0: Oh, divorce?
1: Insecure divorce on Monday. Yes. HBO Sunday Hayden night. Hayden Church. Are you psyched? Yeah. Are you psyched for that stash? I love. I love SJP. Did you and know that about me? No. Love Sarah Jessica Parker.
0: Always? Uniformly? Absolutely.
1: Did you like her in the movie where she rode on a boat with Bruce Willis?
0: Oh, uh, striking distance? Yes. Set in Pittsburgh? I love that movie. <laughs>
1: See, this is why we would get along even if we met for the first time 20 years. Even
0: if I years. was a, a public school teacher and you were a food and drink consultant. First of all, I thought
1: I was the teacher and you were the food and drink no, consultant. No, you are. Oh, I'm the Batman. You were
0: like coming into town oh. to visit the set of the Batman and I am just a teacher. Oh, oh yeah. I would,
1: oh I would freeze you out in parking.
0: <laughs> oh, forget this. I wouldn't even I probably wouldn't even text you. All right. Uh, I'll talk to you Monday. Good job, Bransky.